What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I'm your host, Josh Canuti. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button, drop us a rating, give us a review. It really does help us out in a big way. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. If you haven't done so already, you got to get some vitamins. You got to get some supplements. Most of us are ordering off of Uber Eats and Grubhub, and a lot of us are eating pizza or doing the burgers and fries. That's fine. I get it. I understand. I've done it too. I'm doing it too, but I'm also adding supplements and vitamin D to my diet. And Onnit's got some really cool products. Go to onnit.com slash OCY. They actually just put out some really cool body weight exercises. They put out, if you have any kettlebells, you can follow along free of charge with their kettlebell workout. They have mace workouts. If you don't have one of those maces, you can use a sledgehammer. They have barbell workouts. They got everything that you need, vitamins, supplements, everything in between. Go to onnit.com slash OCY and save up to 10% on your order. That's onnit.com slash O-C-Y. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash O-C-Y. Save up to 10% on your order. My guest today is literally no exaggeration, no equivocations, period, end of story, my favorite person on the planet. Yes, I am biased, but it is 100% true. She is the smartest sexiest, most amazing human being that you will ever come in contact with. That is my beautiful wife, Jeanette Canuti. She is the owner, CEO, and founder of Moxie Marketing Agency. She works with huge national brands, small businesses, nonprofit businesses, and everything in between. She does social marketing. She puts ad campaigns together. When it comes to marketing, she is the gold standard. And we talk about two really important things right now. If you are an entrepreneur, if you are a independent contractor, if you have a small business, 500 employees or less, you need to listen to this podcast and listen to what she talks about. We talk about two really important things. One, We talk about how and what and all the logistics of the payroll protection program, i.e. the free money, literally the free money that the government will give you if you follow what she talks about in this episode. And then right about halfway in between, minute 22, 23 or so, and the next thing we talk about ways right now as a small business, an entrepreneur, a independent contractor, things that you need to be doing right now, implementing right now during this COVID-19 crisis, during this coronavirus crisis, to be marketing to your customers, to your potential customers. And so once this thing does go back to normal, whatever that new normal is, quotation marks, you are looked at and you are perceived as the gold standard for the industry because you communicated, you cared, you were resourceful, and you marketed the right ways. So listen to what this beautiful, amazing, smart, intelligent, hold on, she told me to uh, say a bunch of other things. She told me to write it down. The smartest best person. Um, I'm so lucky to be around here. Anyway, there's too many things to say. I'm just kidding. Please welcome my amazing wife, Jeanette Canuti. What's up, everybody? I am here with arguably the prettiest, sexiest, smartest, independent marketing genius on the face of the planet. I may or may not be biased, Welcome, my beautiful and lovely wife, Jeanette Canuti. Say hey. Hey, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> well, what an introduction. 
Um, she didn't pay me to do to say that at all. So on this podcast or on this episode, I thought it'd be really good to bring you in because I'm going to kind of humble brag for you a little bit, but she owns her own marketing company, Moxie Marketing Agency, and she works with some huge national brands and she does marketing for all these brands and nonprofit marketing and everything in between. And she has been busier than I've ever seen her in all the time since she started her company. On this podcast, I want to kind of talk about kind of two things. And since you've done both of them or are doing both of them, I want to talk about the small business loan and the process through that, some questions that people may have. And then I want to go into what can somebody be doing right now during this pandemic, during COVID-19 to keep marketing for their company, keep propelling propelling their, their company, stay in tune with their customers. What should they be doing? What should they not be doing? And kind of go, go from there. So does that kind of make sense? Yeah, sounds great. Okay. And I promise... I'll be nice to you throughout the, uh, throughout the episode, but just do, do as you're told. Just okay. do as you're told. You understand? Sure. Sorry. Okay. So let's start off with the, the PPP, the payroll protection program. First off, kind of what is that at a high level overview, if you had to describe that? Yeah. So there's that $2 trillion stimulus that the government has put out to help people get through this pandemic. And part of that is for small business owners. There's $350 billion allocated toward this program called the Paycheck Protection Program. And in a nutshell, what it, what it does is it helps business owners get through this period by providing them a loan to cover specific expenses like payroll so that you can keep staff on board. So the really great thing about this loan is that as long as you use it for the required means of keeping people employed, it becomes forgivable at the end of the period. So it's essentially the government understanding that small businesses are going through a lot right now. They're the backbone of the country because they make up 50% of people that are employed or they employ 50% of people. And so this really helps us kind of carry over for a two and a half month period. Okay. So the people that, or the people or the businesses that are able to get it are small businesses, sole proprietorships, and actually even independent contractors. So from what I understand, and let me know if I miss anything, basically, if your company has 500 or fewer employees, and you're based out of the US, and you were in operation as of February 2020, you are eligible to apply for this loan. Yes, and as long as you've been negatively impacted. So, you know, if clients have paused contracts or you've had less sales come in, um, it's really meant for the, the organizations or the businesses that need help, and nonprofits also qualify under the small business umbrella. Okay, good. What's an example of a company right now that maybe is flourished or could not, was not, would not be negatively impacted? Maybe like a small grocery store, oh, you know, okay. like an gotcha. independent grocery store, yeah. Okay. We talked about who it's for and independent contractors. That's really, really big. I didn't realize that until I started doing it. So if you're a 1099 out there and you went through those list of requirements, then you can go ahead and do that as well. How much can I get or what? how much money can I get back? So you can get a loan up to two and a half times your payroll averaged over the last year. So if you've only been in business for six months, you would average out that payroll over the six months. Um, And then what you do is multiply that by 2.5. So the 2.5 is two and a half months. And the government's basically saying that they think that the effects of this is going to be 
that long. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously people have already had to lay people off. There's continuing, people are continuing to get laid off. So you take your average monthly payroll and then over the last 12 months and then multiply that by 2.5. So it can be substantial for, for yeah. a lot of businesses. Yeah. And the only caps that I see is it can exceed over $10 million and it can exceed over $100,000 per individual. Yeah. Those are the only caps that I saw. Yeah. If correct? you have um, someone salaried at the 100000 or higher mark, it gets capped. But yeah, yeah. those are really the only um, exception. Let's take a small um, real estate company. One person owns it. Let's say I own the real estate company. I have five employees. Am I able to just get $100,000 for each one of those people? Can I just say, hey, I'm going to get $600,000 back? Or what proof do I have to show? Or what can I allot? Do I have to get them all the statements? Or do they care? What kind of documents do I have to show in there? All that stuff. Yeah. So it's funny because this kind of just unfolded day by day. Now the process is pretty clear about what's in involved. But I remember as a business owner myself looking at this, I called the bank because I thought, okay, I'm going to have to go into the bank. I'm going to have to apply. And so I made my appointment with them and they called me back two days later and said, actually, we're not doing any in-person applications. You're going to have to do everything online. And this is with Bank of America, right? Yeah. This Just is so with, it's a huge bank. So yeah. everyone knows. Bank of okay. America. I have a small business checking with them, a credit card with them. That's going to come into play in a couple of minutes. But um, contacted them. They called me back like two days later and they said, we're not taking any appointments. Everything's going to be done online. Mm -hmm. They gave me the website to go to. And so I was waiting for this pay payment or sorry, paycheck protection program to pop up. It finally did April 3rd, which is a Friday at 7 a.m. So I started the application right away. And at that point, it was kind of just asking for the average of my 12 months of payroll. I had to go through all the certifications. They want to make sure you haven't gone through bankruptcy, that you haven't gone through fraud, that you don't have any outstanding, yeah. you know, bad debt. That, when you say certifications, what does that mean? What you have to do? Um, just certifying that you agree to the terms. Oh, of, okay. Sorry, that's not probably not the right word, but um, yeah. just understanding everything that's involved with taking this loan and, and saying that you comply with everything. And so that was it. And then um, at the end of the application, it said that they would ask me for any documentation that was needed. So I was kind of just on wait for a couple of days. Then I received an email asking for me to upload documents. So they wanted to see my payroll records. They wanted to see my last 12 months of bank statements. Um, and then also there was one other thing. Oh, payroll taxes. So okay. they did ask for the, that documentation. Yeah. And the thing about Bank of America, when this first opened up, there were a lot of small business owners that were really upset because Bank of America was saying if you didn't have a lending relationship with them, basically a credit card or a loan, that you could not apply at that point. So people were so upset. Yeah. And I, I kind of understood it as, oh, well, they're probably just trying to verify that these are legit businesses. It's the easiest way if you have a credit record with them. But then I heard someone else talking about the fact that the reason Bank of America was only extending it to people who had a lending relationship was because they wanted their debts paid off. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. So there were tons and hundreds and maybe even thousands of people on Twitter saying, you know, Bank of America, screw you. We've had a relationship with you for 10 years just yeah. because we don't get into debt. Like, you're screwing us. Right. And so it's been a big unfolding problem. And that's obviously not a, a requirement of the payment protection program, but or sorry, paycheck, paycheck protection program, but there's some institutions that have rolled it out that yeah. way. Bank of America, these statements are not certified by the Overcoming You podcast. If you would like to advertise <laughs> for the podcast, we are still open. Just kidding. Um, so you said two good things in there that I wanted to 
recap in there. So one, this uh, PPP started April 3rd and is actually going to go until June 30th. But you said it in the beginning, there's $350 billion, which sounds like a frick ton. Yeah. But that's going to go extremely, extremely fast. So if you're listening to this, sign up, sign up, fill out everything yeah. that you just said right now. I'll put everything in the show notes, you know, so it's easy, easy to click on it and we'll kind of go over there. And then the other thing is, is that you said give documentation for your payroll taxes. Mm -hmm. I do want to make sure that everyone knows is that this payroll protection program does not include reimbursement or loan on payroll taxes. However, one thing that I did find out, if you're a, a restaurant, the payroll does include tips. So you can factor that in, which I know for some of us that have friends that are waiters or waitresses, yeah. that can yeah, help big. or hurt you, however, however it may seem. So what you can get reimbursed for is payroll, salary, wages, commissions, and tips, not payroll taxes included. So that's something to to think about. So you went there, you went into the bank. They said, no, go online, went online. Two days later, they had you upload the documents. Now, where do you sit? Is yours complete? Are you still working on it? Still waiting? Where do you sit now? Still waiting. So they called me Wednesday, which I'm not even sure what day that is. I don't think anyone knows what day it is right now. No. <laughs> No. Um, so they called me on Wednesday and they told me, hey, your application's next in the queue. We're going to be processing it. We just wanted to make sure you uploaded all your records into the online system. And I said, yeah. They said, okay, great. There shouldn't be any hiccups. Um, so you're, you know, the, the, the light's at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah. And you should hear back from us soon. Which on that on that topic or on that note, I when you told me that they called you and said that, so here you have a Bank of America massive huge bang calling you to let you know that hey we got your documents you are in the queue you're coming up we're here for you light isn't in at the end of the tunnel i gotta be honest that was a real big thing i'm not saying this to, to placate or pander to bank of america but i thought that was a really nice gesture yeah for them to do because they could have just said you know you could have called and called and called and it'd be like still working still working still working giving you like kind of an f off email or f off thing but that was really nice for them to make the reach out so yeah. i do have to commend them on that, which I think really goes into the humanity of what people are going through right now. I think everyone understands that it's it's a trying time, yeah. especially for businesses, especially for individuals, employees. It's a real hard time. So I commend that individual. Hopefully it's a industry standard mm -hmm. and not a one-off, but I thought that was really, really cool. So they said you're next in the queue, and that was Wednesday. So you started on the 3rd, mm -hmm. which was a Friday. They got back to you Monday, Tuesday-ish. You uploaded the documents. They got back to you on Wednesday saying, hey, you're in the queue. As we, that's the 8th. As we record this right now, it's April 11th, and we're, and you're still kind of waiting, Still right? waiting on communication, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of where, where you sit. So the reason why I wanted to go through that timeline is, once again, to let everybody know, if you are a small business in owners, sole proprietorship, whatever, start that right now. Do yeah. not wait because that money will run out and this does take time. Mm -hmm. So the sooner you can get it, the sooner it can help you and alleviate some of this stress. And I don't even need to go into um, to stress or, or anything like that. So <laughs> yeah, we all have enough of that. Yeah, that's, that's for damn sure. Let's say going in because you've done a lot of research, so I know you don't have the actual money yet, but I get the money, let's say easy numbers, it's $100,000. What's my interest rate on that? Um, so there will be no interest if it ends up being forgiven. However, if you get the money and let's say you, 
you know, you use it for 50% rent. That's mm-hmm. not within the allotment of what you're allowed to be 100% forgiven. Yeah. So um, the, you would pay a very minimal interest. I can't remember. I think it's 4%. Um, it may even be less, but I know yeah. it's not higher than 4%. So as a business owner, to be able to access a lot of money to keep people on payroll for a small interest rate right. is also phenomenal. Yeah. So from what I understand, what I've read, once again, let's say, just take the CC number. You have $100,000. As long as you don't use more than 25% of that for non-payroll items, Mm -hmm. then it will be forgiven. If you use more than that, you can still get the loan, but you will pay its 1% interest rate as it sits right now. I thought that's what it was. (laughs) Still really, really low. I don't recommend, I mean, if you're going to get free money, get free money, use it, use it appropriately, use it for the uh, the people and then I get a hundred thousand dollars. Do you know of anything, any reasons why I would not, why that would not be forgiven outside of me using it for a Ferrari or, or <laughs> rent or something like that? Why would they not forgive it? Um, Do you know any of the? No, I mean the really only stipulation is that there are main categories like rent, utilities, mortgage interest. If you, you know, own a building or something like that, there are specific things that you have to pay it toward. Um, but outside of that it's pretty clear that it will be forgiven. Yeah. So yeah, the only stipulations that I see is that all the employees have to be kept on payroll for a minimum of eight weeks. Yes, that's true. And the loan has to be used for that payroll as intended, like we talked about before, no more than 25% of non-payroll items. So Correct. Yeah. You get that $100,000, as long as you spend $75,000 and one penny on payroll and keep your employees employed for eight weeks, then it, the loan will be forgiven Mm-hmm. After that, when is it? Do you know when it's going to be forgiven? I actually didn't look this up. Do you know? Is it just like, hey, once I give it to you, are they going to contact me in two months and say, hey, I need these documents to make sure you did this right? Or do you know? That's still unfolding. I mean, okay. the, the banks are barely like figuring out their application processes and getting that done. So it'll be a whole nother process. But it, I just see it kind of as like, okay, let's get past this one hurdle. Mm-hmm. And then there is going to be some verification that needs to be submitted. I don't know what that's going to be, but there will be. Um, I think another important thing is that if you have laid off people um, and you're looking to take advantage of this program, one of the stipulations is that you hire those people back as quickly as possible. So right. again, um, getting this, you know, going that, through the application, trying to get this as soon as possible so that you can get everything back in place because the ultimate goal is to get the economy back yep. or to stabilize it. And so the more employers that we have keeping people on on payroll, the more people that are getting rehired back under this program, yeah. it's going to be better in the long run. Yeah, I'll be very, very honest. I am obviously in our household, we are not a super big political, we don't have a lot of political talks at our dinner table or over the bar- barbecue. However, I know this is going to be polarizing to some people listening. I have been very, very pleased and semi-impressed with the way the government's handled this as far as the $1,200 stimulus to the individual, as far as the small business um, payroll protection program. Like that makes me really feel better. And this is not a pro-Trump, mm-hmm. anti-Trump. I am. This is not a political podcast at all. But those things I haven't seen in my in my lifetime you know maybe they happened before i need to look up history i'm not sure but that's been really really cool so i got to commend you have to be objective regardless of whether you're whether you wear a blue tie or a red tie you got to be objective and when someone does something cool or helpful you got to acknowledge yeah, it regardless 100%. and i think these two things twenty four hundred dollars for a married couple twelve hundred dollars for an individual this payroll protection program 
you got to admit, it's kind of cool. It's not like the 2008 bailout where it's like, okay, let me give all the top this F ton of money and right. hopefully it trickles down. I really feel they went from a bottom up instead of a top down. So just a side note, I just thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. When I first learned about the payment protection program, I thought, wow, this is insane because if we can get past this in the two and a half months and everyone can kind of carry over for the most part. I know there's some people that will mm-hmm. still be effect- affected negatively, um, but that's going to help us kind of normalize so much quicker than than if this wasn't in place. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So keeping with this analogy, I get this 100 grand. I use it appropriately. I keep my people on. I do everything, everything right. April 2021 comes. I have to file my taxes. Where do I have to put that 100 grand? I don't know. <laughs> so from what I understand, and you'll know better because you're the one getting it. I, I'm not. From what I understand, it's going to be put in as income, but it's going to be non-taxed income, which is another good caveat. So it's going to go to your top line or bottom line or however you, yeah. you do your accounting, but it's going to be non-taxed income. So I thought that was another really cool kind of stipulation. So you don't have to pay taxes on right. top of the hundred grand. So you don't have to pay an additional 25 or wherever your tax bracket is. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That's something I normally would look into, but I've been so busy that I think I didn't even think about those implications. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, you know, some other benefits for maybe some businesses that don't qualify for the payment protection program. Uh, there are going to be some tax benefits. So that's also something to look into. I think there's just a lot of opportunity to take advantage of right now. If you're struggling or if you need that help yeah. in some way, you're going to get some kind of break. Yeah. feels like I'm like a super rah-rah government <laughs> podcast or, or a guy right now, but I'm not. But the other thing is this is unprecedented. Yeah. So when you're on the phone with Bank of America, Wells Fargo, what have you, Chase, realize that they don't know what the hell's going on either. Right. They're just human beings. They don't have the answers. They're yeah. trying their best. So to alleviate the stress in your life and overcome this mental battle that I talk about on this podcast all the time, realize when you go into those phone calls that they don't have all the answers and they're just trying to help and do the best they can. So don't go there and go with fire, you know, coming out of your ears and eyes and stuff like that. I think that's really something to think about when you're going through this process. Realize it's brand new. It's going to yeah. take time. Just be diligent. Do your checkup, be kind, be courteous. And then as long as you do everything according to plan and do your due diligence and be very detail-oriented like you are, then I think it, it will all work out in the end. So Yeah, um, yeah. the turnaround time is just unprecedented as yeah. well to be able to apply for a loan. And then, I mean, I haven't got it, got received it yet, but I know it's just a matter of days probably. Yeah. Um, and that's insane, just that turnaround for that. Yeah. I know. I said I'll put it in the show notes, and I don't have it have it back at the house. Do you know the website to go to to start this? Is it just sba.gov, or is it? did you just go to bankofamerica.com? Um, so I started by going to the SBA website to kind of – I thought there were going to be certain lenders that had to be SBA approved, but then it to make, the, I think, the application process easier and they, knowing the demand they'd have, they said if you were a small business, you could go to any financial institution you had a relationship with. So if you have a relationship with a financial institution, that's where you should go first. But in the case that maybe, you know, there's some stipulation, like you have to have a lending relationship, then you can go to the SBA website and look up lenders that are potentially taking applications. Okay. And on the Bank of America website, was there like a link right there? Um, there, It's bankofamerica.com slash SB resources. Okay. Cool. Before we switch into the second topic, anything else? Any other insights or any other caveats? I think we did really good 
Anything else to add? Do you think we got it? Or I think we covered the majority of it. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the second portion or the second thing I want to talk about. So this next portion is primarily around marketing for small businesses, entrepreneurs, independent contractors, not so much for employees. If you are an employee, I urge you to go look at the or go listen to the podcast that Lauren McGoodwin and I did because we went through the exact same thing that we'll kind of go through for entrepreneurs, but for employees. What should you be doing now? What should you be doing with a resume, LinkedIn? How should you be preparing for when this does end to put yourself in that position? So if you are an employee, go back and listen to that podcast. But if you are a independent contractor, sole entrepreneur, um, LLC, small corporation, now I want to go into what can people be doing in this time now to be marketing for themselves. And before we get into that, so when I started looking into this, I wanted to figure out what was the last big thing that we had. And we had the 2008 depression, recession, crisis, fallout or what whatnot. But here's the coolest thing. So from 2000, during that time, from 2007 to 2009, listen to these businesses that were made and started during this time. Maybe you've heard of some of these. Dropbox, WordStream, Zendesk, Groupon, Cloudera, WhatsApp, Uber, Venmo, Slack, Square, Pinterest, Instagram. <laughs> I don't give business advice. I have people on that have business advice, but I can tell you that during these times, there's going to be some really cool companies that come out of this. And it's going to be the companies that don't lay down. It's going to be the individuals that are looking at this as an opportunity, 100%. Not, not as a detriment. Mm -hmm. So as it sits right now, the one thing that I kept thinking, so once again, I want to go into, I'm a business. What can I do right now? My brick and mortar is closed. I don't have something coming in. I do have, a, I do have customers. I do have relationships. The thing that I kept thinking of right now, if I'm in that position, is be resourceful. 100%. That's the thing I kept ringing in my head. Be resourceful. And the other thing, thing that I wrote down is do not capitalize on this crisis. Meaning, do not be a douche and use this as a scare tactic to increase your followers, email lists, customer lists, product placement, purchasing, whatever. So if you can be resourceful, and if you cannot be a douche mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you use this in a negative way, I think there's some really, really cool things that you can do now that once this does come out, you'll either be in a better position than when you went in, or you'll at least be able to keep homeostasis inside your business. So let's take a company, small company, 10, 15 employees, however many customers, what advice are you giving to your customers? And like I said in the very beginning, I've never seen, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not embellishing, I have never seen you more busier <laughs> right now yeah. than ever before. And like I said, just we'll keep the names silent, but you work for massive, massive brands, nationwide companies, huge nonprofit organizations, small businesses, medium businesses, everything in between, and you have been busier now than ever so what advice are you giving to your companies or what should people be doing? What's Yeah, so I think before I get into that, one of the reasons I'm busier than ever was because I thought, crap, I need to step up my game. I need to think about what value I provide to my clients in the first place and how can I amplify that right now? Because 
I had no idea, especially when this all started rolling out, how, how what what was going to happen, how things were going to unfold. It turns out, you know, some clients have had to pause contracts and there's been some effects, but my team and I, we've tried to continue as normal. I want to make this as normal as possible for my employees. I want to make them feel secure. You know, I have some a little bit of savings that I can tap into. And so my whole thought process was like, don't panic. We're going to get through this. We're going to step up our game. We need all hands on deck. Let's do whatever the F we can right now to make an impact and to help our clients. Because if we can help them, that's going to help us. It's all about caring and and thinking about that initial value. So that's why I'm so busy because I could have taken the approach of like, oh, this contract just paused, like less work, like, you know, but I think it's so critical to be proactive and to really remember what your value is and um, why you started in the first place. But what we're encouraging our clients to do right now is to communicate. So make sure that your customers, your supporters, understand how the pandemic is affecting your business. Because at the end of the day, the um, business has employees. Like it's just a a domino effect of this. So if you can let your customers know how you're being, or sorry, your clients and your customers and your supporters know how you're being impacted, they're going to get a level of understanding of how they can support you. So whether that's, you know, if you're a restaurant and um, you're, you're saying, hey, we really need you to order takeout right now. Just that communication alone is huge. So communicating how you're being effective or how you're being innovative. You know, maybe Mm -hmm. you're a fitness studio and you've had to go on, had to go completely online. Make sure that you're getting the word out about that, that you're offering things for free, that you're building your community up right now as much as possible. Yeah. You know, one thing I wanted to ask you is is let's take a, a restaurant. Maybe that's a bad analogy or bad type of company to think about this with, but I was thinking about doing like a drip campaign for, but just talking about the human side of my, my business. So if I'm a restaurant, hey, here's Chef Jeanette. You know, yes. she's been in the culinary arts for 17 years. She loves sushi and she, but she loves sake even more, you know, <laughs> and doing just this drip campaign to humanize the business. Yeah, yeah. And that's being a human. I don't think that's capitalizing. You no, know, no, tra- no. But that's being a human because if I see that from, from a local sushi joint, shout out to Sushi Show by us, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh man, my heart's there. Let, you know, if I have the money, if I have the, the ability like we do, hey, let's order a takeout from them. Yeah. You know, so would you recommend doing that kind of human side for companies and their employees? Kind of just, hey, here's something about. Yeah, humanizing goes a long way. People like to see and connect with the people who are part of your business. And so th- the more you can highlight, you know, the chefs working on the front line, so to speak. Um, you can highlight your virtual, how your team's operating virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things really tell a story. And whatever you're showing, whatever you're communicating, people are watching and listening, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, you're telling some kind of story. And so if your focus is on buy this, buy this, buy that, people are going to get turned off pretty quickly. Yeah. If you're focusing more on the stories of, you know, check out Paul, he's the one who builds the shoes and he has these two kids and he's joined our company because of this. Yep. Like those things start to matter and people people pick up to that even if they don't consciously realize it. Yeah. Another example that we were thinking of or I was thinking of when I was looking through that just because I think everybody, I'm not the only one, everybody has multiple friends that are real estate agents and... Obviously, I haven't talked to any of them. I don't know if any of them are doing it. I'm not saying they should, but 
if I was a real estate agent or if I was a lawyer or something, I'd be sending out emails that were just purely, once again, being resourceful. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sending out emails going, hey, Jeanette, I know before this whole thing, you and I were looking at, at apartment buildings or whatever. You know, I don't know if today's the right time, but just to let you know there is a, I think there's a like reimbursement or a, or a delay for mortgages or paying your rent or something like that. Just letting them know just the information. Yeah. You know, just letting them know during that. Or if you're a l- lawyer and you have a law office, you know, just sending out free free stuff about the stuff we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Hey, just to let you know, I know you're a small business o- owner. Here's a link to the SBA we- website. In let me know if you have any questions or if I can help. You know, you know free of charge during this time. Just being resourceful mm-hmm. right now, I think, is so big. Like that would just if my lawyer did that to me right now which he didn't, he's too high priced and he, <laughs> he has too much money. But if he sent that to me, I'd be like, oh man. Yeah. And I think it starts with caring. So I have this thing where it's care and communicate. So if you genuinely care about your clients, your customers, um, your even your employees at, right now, it's like, okay, how can I help them? What information do they need to know that I know or that I can gather pretty easily and put together like this resource guide, email on how to help them navigate. So, you know, it happens a little late for a lot of the companies I follow, but I've noticed a lot of them are sending out like, hey, there's information on this payment protection program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at least for the people who maybe still are unaware and like we're doing right now, they're going to get that information. Yeah. And so it really comes from a place of, I think, caring because when you care, it's your, your communication is going to come across one of two ways. It's either going to come across as like, oh, that's that sleazy real estate person and they're just trying to get my inbox right now yep. by telling me about X, Y. Or it's like, wow, that information was really helpful. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. There's no sales whatsoever in it. You know, it's just purely informational. Yes. And so I think that's a big key, depending on the industry, of how you how you write that up, how you convey it. Um, and so that's going to be critical. And yeah. So if you're not going to do it from a place of caring, just don't do it because it's probably going to do you more damage than good. Yeah, that's another reason why I think this dichotomy for this podcast between you and I is really good because I'm a customer, I'm a consumer, and you're the marketer with the company behind it. So I'm telling everyone out there that if I got a email saying, like from my lawyer going, hey, you need you need this protection right now from you know your multifamily home or something. If something happens right now, you need to be protected. We need to make sure that that you know we get our money from them. I'd be like, dude, you just want my my dollar per hour, you just want billable hours right now. Like that's, that'd be so turned off Yeah. For if that was me or something like that. So formalize your message and caring first, start with the human being. It's so crucial in this mm-hmm. pandemic, because yeah. like you said, I think human beings are a lot better at sniffing out the bullshit yeah. and the douchiness than we realize. Yeah. We may not read an email and go, wow, that was really douchey or that was really crappy, but we're going to be like, uh, whatever. But if you, it's heartfelt, we can sense that, feel that, and hopefully that comes through. Yeah. So. And one of the ways to do that is to, when you're crafting your message, to think about one person, like you, I call it your customer avatar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this, you know, your ideal customer, your, the ideal person you're communicating with, have them in mind when you're writing it. Cause it helps you humanize this, not thinking like, oh, this is going out to my list of a thousand people or whatever list size you have. It's like, this is getting to that one person, my person I care about that I started my business for. Mm-hmm. And so framing it that way usually is really helpful too. Okay. So now let's get into some tactical things. So I think all of these things that we're about to talk talk about or some 
specific items, realize it's got to go through that lens of caring and communicating. Mm -hmm. So it's got to go through that. But there are some practical, tactical things that I think businesses or companies can do right now that will help out. So obviously, I'm speaking from the cheap seats on this. I don't know, know the proper things. But the things that come into my mind is now, since everybody is more on their phone, since everybody is more there, I'm thinking like sending out postcards, I'm thinking about landing pages to capture email. Mm-hmm. Um, what what can I do as a company right now that it won't be evasive, that will come off as caring, but will help me in the long run to build some sort, either an email, email list, customer list, something like that. So what can I do? Yeah, and it's going to vary industry to industry. Uh, but one of our clients didn't have an email sign-up form on their what? website. What? <laughs> and they specifically are affected because they're a non-essential retail business, so oh. they cannot have customers coming in right now. And they get a lot of traffic on their website. And we thought, okay, there's a pop-up right now saying stores are closed. Part of that pop-up needs to be adding a email opt-in yes. because people are going to want to know when the latest update comes in. So we rolled that out for them. We also did a text campaign so that if people wanted to stay updated on when when it would open, they could text to get updates. So those are ways you can build your list in an authentic way because your goal is to really let people know um, when you're going to reopen or keep them updated along in your process. So if you don't have an email list or like a text message list, that would be first on my list okay. to advise people to, to try to get started. And so I want to go a little bit tactical with, with that. How, what do I do for an email list? How do I get a text messaging list? What do, what do I do? Yeah. So there's a couple free platforms. I like MailChimp. Um, they let you gather email addresses so you can just sign up for an account. It's pretty easy to activate. There's a little bit of tech. They also have, you know, some support via chat. If Is you, it free? It's free. There's different versions. So okay. as your email list grows or as the support level you need increases, you can pay. And it's pretty nominal, like starts at like $9.99, I think. Okay. So really easy to implement. The text message platform that I recommend is Easy Texting. And I think it's $49 a month and you get one keyword and you can send up to a thousand messages. So they're pretty affordable and easy. What is, what is that? Uh, so let's say, you know, the keyword is overcoming you. Yeah. So you would text uh, overcoming you to the number 474747. That's and not the real number, by the way. Don't do <laughs> it's it. Not. Don't do it. <laughs> we need to set you up. We knew. I know. I know. I'm asking for me. I'm asking for me. I live with the marketing queen and I'm, I don't got any of this stuff going on. I well, maybe it. try it because maybe by the time this airs, we can set it up as long as that keyword's not taken. Yeah. So. <laughs> Text overcoming you to 474747. But when you do that, the person is opting in to say, yes, I want to receive updates from you. And then you can set an autoresponder that says, you know, thanks. Thanks for opting in. You're you're now on our list to get updates. And you could link to your website or you can, you know, put whatever message you want. And then down the line, you you can text message them. What's What's this other text thing that I see? I always joke around with people every so often. I show my phone to people and it says Ashton Kutcher. And I just wanted to see because I was like, what does this mean? Like I text him and it looks like a real phone number. It was whatever his area code is, you know, so if it was me, it would be nine for nine, whatever, whatever. And every so often he'll send something out. And obviously he's got a company and it's not really him. But what are those things and who should use those? Those are primarily for like celebrities or larger people who can acquire a lot of data. Mm-hmm. 
what I think happens, because I haven't looked into this, we, our clients haven't used it, but um, what I think happens is they take your phone numbers, upload them to things like Facebook advertising, and they get a match. Because on let's say with Facebook advertising, your email address sometimes is not the email that you sign up for on Facebook, but your mobile number is pretty much attached to it. Yeah. Or they can take location data out of that. So I think it's just a data grab to be able to target you in other ways down the line yeah. and to send you messages. If so it could be good for like an influencer. Yeah. So if you have it, because they're small businesses right now, so that could be something yeah. good, good for them. Because I see, you know, I see a lot of people that I follow, you know, you see Gary V, he's got his number there on his Twitter handle, Lewis Howes, you know, a lot of other people are starting to put that Mel Robbins, mm -hmm. you know, she's got it there. So in, so I think that that's another way. I think it's a good way to connect directly to them. But like you said, I think it's more for a individual brand person yeah. than doing it for, yeah, you, you don't know, see Coca-Cola doing yeah, it. Coca -Cola. Yeah, Coca-Cola. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So going into marketing, so obviously social media is huge. That's the way a lot of us, a lot of us market. Mm -hmm. And I know for you and your clients, a lot of your posts are scheduled months in advance, you know, multiple times a week. Right. So my thing is, when I started to look at this, is that if you do have that scheduled out, which I highly recommend you use apps like that, it makes your life 10 times easier, you need to go back and adjust some of the pictures. And what I mean is I noticed that I had some things coming up with a lot of crowds, a lot of yes. like handshaking, you know, what should you do? Should you take all those pictures out? Should you, will people understand that, Hey, you're not trying to do that or what, what should you do? Yeah. So we had a pivot like crazy because all the content we had planned was no longer relevant or seemed insensitive. So yes. A lot of the stuff we planned, we're like, okay, scrap that. We need to be real time. So that's the first thing is um, if you do have something planned out, be sensitive. People are very cautious right now with social distancing. And so any appearance that may seem like you're not practicing it or not caring can come across the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, so definitely I would advise not using those photos or putting some kind of notation in the caption like this photo was taken before you know, right. a stay-at-home order was put in place. That way people at least feel comfortable with like okay you're not doing this real time you because know, they understand that yeah. photos were taken a while ago so definitely be sensitive um definitely address the situation as much as you can in your captions mm -hmm. so i'm trying to think of some examples without giving clients names away uh, but you know you could just say things like in light of the situation or you know what you want to do is have positive tones tones that are building community um, you know, again, not focusing on like buy this or yeah. traditional messaging you might have had. You want to emphasize the impact in some way. <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. I think you want you want to be positive, but you also got to make sure not to be ignorant either. Right. Don't be saying saying, you know, with my Pearl hand sanitizer, you can just be in groups of thirteen thousand. <laughs> it's okay if everyone does it. Don't be positive, but don't be ignorant right. during this time. So. And I think going back, I know we touched on it um, already, but that don't capitalize on the crisis. I think this, maybe this just comes from my thought process. I just really dislike that. So don't add to the panic. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing your mar marketing, don't add to no the- No scare tactics. No yeah. scare tactics. And then also, if you're one of the companies thriving, if you're one of those small businesses, grocery stores, and be like, don't be bragging. Don't be braggadocious either going- we're, we're, we're the only one open in this, in this city. We're the only one that cares. And we're, you know, employing all these people and we had to hire more people. And we're, a yeah. lot of us don't have jobs right now. Yeah. And so when you talk about like that, 
And when you kind of brag, even though you're being positive-ish, mm-hmm. it comes across as like, F you, dude. I'm sitting here. I just lost my job. I just got furloughed. Yeah. Like, so don't yeah. add to the panic and then be and positive, you, not ignorant. If you are doing well, like, go do something for the community. Yes. And then show that because that's going to make an impact. That's going to make the people that are going through a hard time feel better that your business is at least trying to do something. So that's a really big point, too, is that even if you're doing well, there's ways that you can be part of this pandemic in a positive way and show that in a positive way. Yeah. Well, I know we're kind of cruising up on time, but I obviously know everything about you, but a lot of listeners don't. So where can everybody find you? Kind of what do you do, so to speak? I know we got into it a little bit in the beginning, but where can everybody find you and what do you do? Yeah. So I have Moxie Marketing Agency. I founded that about five years ago. And you can find our company on Instagram at M-O-X-I-E-M-K-T-G. You can find me personally if you want to send me a direct message on Instagram. My name is Jeanette Canuti, (laughs) K-N-U-T-T-I, because no one ever knows how to spell it. Uh, But yeah, I'd love if you guys just wanted to, if you have a question about this or just want to say hi, send me a message on Instagram. And then would you say that you're married to like the best? (laughs) The best human on earth. Yes. Okay, that's one. And probably the best, smartest, good-looking, number one podcaster right behind Joe Rogan, right? Give or take. Joe Rogan's not good-looking. Ah! (laughs) Don't listen to her, Joe. Don't listen to her, Joe. (laughs) Don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. Sorry. Okay, cool. So that kind of brings us, I just have two last questions for you, and they're primarily for a business. Right now, in this pandemic, COVID-19, What's I know we kind of talked about it already, but just to reiterate, what's one thing that you should be doing 100% as a small business, sole proprietorship, whatever, and what's one thing that you should not be doing? And then I have one last question after that. So what you should be doing is communicating, period, end of story, whether that's your email list, social media channels, or even advertising. So I did find this stat, which was really interesting. It was in, 19, in the 1990 to 91 recession, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell decided to advertise more while av- while McDonald's decided to advertise less. And so what ended up happening was Pizza Hut increased their sales by 61%, Taco Bell increased their sales by 40%, and McDonald's sales decreased by 28%. Ooh. So if it makes sense for your industry and, you know, what you're doing to advertise now, don't don't shy away from that. That's something you should be doing if you're in the position to do that. Okay. And what's one thing I should not be doing? One thing you should not be doing is nothing or like being complacent. You have to be proactive. You need to be innovative, resourceful. Now's the time to get your shit together and to take things to the next level. Yeah. And then just the last question, as a entrepreneur, the best wife on the planet, the sexiest marketer in the entire world, how does Jeanette Canuti build her self-worth? Ooh, good question. (laughs) Um. I build my self-worth by doing my best. And so like right now I'm doing the best I can with my company. And so whether that's putting in the extra time or taking on something I don't know how to do and figuring it out, for me, I feel like I build my self-worth by pushing myself and just doing my the best that I can every day. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I think we did it. All right. Woo. I think we helped out a, a lot of people. Like I said, I'll put a lot of those links in the show notes and we'll kind of go from there. Thank you very much for doing this. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. 
All right. Remember, everybody, be kind to yourself. Jeanette also talks about this text messaging marketing way that you can do it. And she alludes to it a little bit. And she did set this up for my podcast. And it's texting the word, one word, no spaces, overcoming you, the letter you. That's overcoming you, the letter you, and text that to 474747. Once again, that's overcoming you, the letter you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with my amazing wife. Please implement those tactics and those tips and those tricks and get yourself on the payroll protection program. Market and do some marketing that is valuable. Do that through the lens of caring and communicating. Thank you so much to our sponsors on it. That's on it. O N N I T.com slash O C Y. Save up to 10% on your purchase. And remember, be kind to yourself.